let me show you what God has shown me. It says, now faith. Everybody say, now faith. Now faith. Is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. And through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Well, that's a mouthful to chew right there in it. The first three verses right out of the bat. Now faith. And I want to preach for just a little while on faith. I want you to lift your hands. Help me. By the authority of the word of God. and By the power that's in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I speak faith right now out of my mouth. Lord, I'm asking you to move upon this church in the name of Jesus. I'm asking you to let them see who they are so that they can see how powerful that they are. And in the name of Jesus, the spirit of fear and darkness has to leave. We rebuke it out of homes. I rebuke it out of the church. I rebuke it out of minds. I rebuke it out of marriages. And I take total dominion right now over fear. We cast it out of this building. It's not here. Every evil spirit that's not of you, we take dominion over it. Leave in Jesus' name. Now begin to move upon us, God. I feel you in this place. Come on, the gifts of the Spirit are going to work in this place. In the name of Jesus. Come on, I want you to give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. Faith. Everybody say it with me. Faith. faith. What is faith? I begin to ask myself that this year. We know it's things that we hope for and it's things that we haven't seen yet. I mean, it tells us that. But that in itself can be confusing to some guy like me. What the real definition of faith, it means trust or trusting. That's what it means. Trusting that God will make a way even when it seems like there is no way. Trusting him that no matter what happens, that you know he has control over the situation. Come on. It means that we are confident in what we hope or trust God for. And we are convinced by this faith that it will happen even when it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Even when it looks impossible. Come on, we just got to keep having faith. We just get up, we get dressed, and we go to church. Come on, we just get up we get dressed and we go into the house of God because we know that he has something there for us. It may look impossible. It may look like we should stay home, but we got faith that God's going to keep his hands upon us. And if he doesn't, I'm still going to praise him. If he takes my life next week, 
I'm still going to praise him because he's done more for me than I could ever thank him for. Come on, he brought me out of darkness. Come on, he brought me out of drug addiction. He brought me out of alcoholism. So I've got a right to praise him right now. I refuse to let the enemy or the world dictate how I'm going to praise him because I know that he can make the impossible possible. That's what faith is. The scripture gives merit of the men and women of old that had this faith. Verse 3 tells us that with this faith, we know and understand that the very universe was spoken into existence by God, not formed by anything that was already here or present. But there was nothing till God spoke it into existence. God spoke and the stars appeared. He spoke and the moon began to reflect the light of the sun. He spoke and the earth that was without form or void just appeared. Come on, he spoke and water and animals and plants began to thrive on the earth from the air that he spoke into existence. Man was special to him. So he created us out of dirt. Some of us took a little more dirt. So there's a crater somewhere that's got a Mahaney dirt on it. He formed us. He shaped us. Then he breathed his breath into us. And now we know through the scripture and through this faith that there wasn't a big bang or an evolution because God created the heavens and the earth. So faith is trust in God and the scriptures that his word is true and if he can speak the stars into existence, he can heal our bodies. Come on, if he can speak the earth into existence, then he can speak healing into our minds. Come on, if he can speak the water and the plants into existence, he can cast out fear from our bodies. Come on, if he can do all of that, then nothing is impossible with God. Verse four, by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. You see, the difference between Cain and Abel's sacrifice was their difference in faith. Abel trusted God enough to give of his first fruits and to give his best. Cain was just trying to offer up, offer up enough just to get by. Come on, I come to tell you, God wants your best. Come on, he doesn't want your second hand. Come on, he wants the best that you have because he robed himself in flesh. He stepped out of glory and he stepped into humanity and he gave it all and he expects us to be willing to give it all back to him. It takes faith to give God first before you give to the light bill. Yeah. 
Oh, don't quieten up on me now. Come on, that 10% is God's. It is not yours, it's God's. God expects it. And our blessings doesn't come from the 10% because God already expects that. But what our blessings come from is from our offerings. He said, try me. I'll open up the windows of heaven. I'll pour out on you such a blessing that you won't be able to contain it. Come on, it takes faith to say, God, here I am. I'm giving to you first. Verse five, don't worry, I'm not going to preach on every scripture. Y'all don't panic. I don't mind people looking at their watch, but it's when they go. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him for before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You see, Enoch was not only a godly man, he was so godly that he walked with God. And one day, him and God took a walk, and guess what? They're still walking right now. Can you imagine? His testimony was that he pleased God. And the very next verse, it says, it is impossible to please God without faith. Come on, we got to have faith that God exists. And we have to realize and know without a shadow of a doubt that he is our rewarder. Come on, he's the one that's going to take care of us. We're not like every other church. Come on. We're one God, Jesus' name, aisle running, tongue talking, holy rolling people. And we need to realize who we are. Come on, we need to realize that we're the children of God. And he wants to bless us. He wants to keep his hand upon us. All we got to do is seek him and he'll reward us. Verse 7. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Noah had never seen rain before. When they went to church, they didn't go, let it rain, let it rain. Somebody that sang that, they'd go, let it what? They didn't even have a word for rain. Sky's going to fall from, the water's going to fall from where? That man's lost his mind. He received a divine warning about things unseen. Come on. And he was filled with fear and awe of God. So he built an ark and it saved his house from impending danger. You see, this act of trusting God not only saved his family, it condemned the world. And he was saved and received righteousness 
because of his faith. Hebrews 11, 8, by faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should have to receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing whither. That whither means not knowing where he's going. That's in the Greek, Hebrew, and English. Let y'all know that. He didn't know where he was going. My wife and I, we got custody over our grandkids when they were two and a half and four. Try that one on in your 50s. I, can, I can't even hardly tie my own shoes. Most of the time, I wear slip-ons. If they try to check my blood oxygen, tie my shoes, they'd probably put me on a vent. And the Lord had been dealing with me. We'd had the nicest house we'd ever had, nicest cars we'd ever driven. And the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to sell everything, get an RV, a, a tornado magnet. Trust me. We've been in a tornado in our RV. It's like being in a Dr. Pepper can when you're a rock. Load up two screaming kids. And travel. So I was at an evangelist conference, and Brother Huntley, who's a big voice in my life, was there, and I told him what I just told y'all. I believe the Lord wants us to sell everything, get an RV, and start traveling. You know what he said? He said, meet me in the morning for breakfast, and I'll give you an answer. The man of God goes and prays, and he's waiting on me at breakfast. He leans over and says, you've heard from God and Raleigh was going to help you. So I haven't told my wife this yet. <laughs> I see every woman in this place looking at me like I fell out of a basement window. So I get home and I set her down. I need to tell you something. Oh, Lord, what have you done? Well, I ain't done nothing. <laughs> I said, the Lord spoke to me. He wants us to sell everything we have, buy an RV and travel. My wife had been at her job 14, 15 years, teaching. Big old tears started running down her face. You know what she said? Her exact words were, if God wants me to sacrifice, I'll sacrifice. So we sold everything. We hit the road. But Abraham hit the road. Can you imagine if Sandra Mahaney would have said, hey, where are we going? Well, I don't know. That's what Abraham did. What do you mean you don't know? We're looking for a city. Hey, Siri, what city? Siri ain't going to know this city. Why? Because it's builders made by God. She'd have thought I was really nuts. She already thinks I'm crazy anyway. But Abraham took everything he had and you know what his promise was? God said, I promise you, you're going to live in tents. How would y'all like that? No RV, tents. Looking for a city built by God. And his wife Sarah conceived after she was old and unable to have children. But through faith, because Abraham and her were willing to step out and what God had told them to do, 
They conceived in their old age and had a child. Then this child of faith became a test of faith to Abraham. And he was told to sacrifice this child of faith that he had believed in. And I want you to understand something. Isaac was not a little bitty boy. Isaac was a grown man. And Abraham was over 100 years old. So Isaac's faith matched his father's faith because he didn't have to get up on that altar. Come on. He didn't have to let his dad tie him up. But he had seen the faith that his father walked in. He said, Dad, if you got the faith, I got the faith. Come on, that's why we got to be people, men and women of faith, because it's not just about us. Come on, there's some coming up after us. Come on, my grandson and my granddaughter knows that their papa is a man of faith, and it's going to spill over into their life. Then we get to verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were just strangers and pilgrims on the earth. I'm just going to tell you, that's a tough scripture. There's some tough scriptures in the word of God. They died in faith. They're heroes of the faith. This is what we call the chapter, the the heroes of the faith. And none of them received their promise. But they just kept trusting. And they just kept believing God until their last breath. Isaac blessed by faith. Joseph died by faith and believed one day his bones were going to leave Egypt. By faith, Moses' parents put him in an ark to be saved. By faith, Moses left the house of Pharaoh. By faith, Moses forsook Egypt and kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood so the destroyer wouldn't destroy Israel. By faith, Moses and Israel passed through the Red Sea. Joshua had faith and the walls of Jericho fell. Rahab, a harlot, lived by faith. And when everyone else perished, she was saved. Hebrews eleven thirty two, And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah, of David also and Samuel and of the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness was made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to fight the armies of the aliens. And we're at verse 35 before we ever hear of anything that we would in this day and time think as a miracle. Finally, someone raised from the dead. This is in the scriptures, the chapter of faith. And if you keep on reading, you're going to find out what they all went through. They were tortured. They were scourged. They were mocked, put in prisons. Try this one on. They were sawn in two. Try to have faith when they're out sharpening up a saw to saw you in two. They were tempted. The word puts tempted 
Next, a sawn in two. They were beaten, imprisoned, tortured. Oh, it's not over. They wandered in deserts. They lived in caves. And Hebrews 11.39 says this, and these all having obtained a good report, these were good people, through faith received not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect. You know what that translates into? It says it means all these had their merit attested because of their faith, but nevertheless, they did not receive what had been promised because God had planned something better that would involve us so that only with us would they be brought to the goal. These people all went through such horrible things because of their faith, because the end result involved me. The end result involved you. Come on, that's why they just, one after the other, began to put one foot in front of the other. They just kept having faith, and they never received the promise, but they just kept on believing. They just kept on praying. They just kept on having church. Come on, if you can be at church, you shouldn't be watching at home. I'm just going to tell you. If you're not sick, shame on you. You should be in the house of God. Stay home if you're sick, but don't let the enemy make you think that you can get the same blessing at home that you can at church. You can't because we're two or three are gathered in my name. Oh, I did it. I was off eight weeks singing the blues. My family isn't used to me being home. They were singing the blues. After about two weeks, my wife said, are you sure nobody wants revival? You are driving us crazy. I sat down on my recliner. Time to go to church. Hallelujah. Boink. Well, I don't like that song. Huh. I ain't even been to church two minutes and I'm already going to another church. So I go to the next church. Boop. Well, look how that woman's dressed. Oh, God, I ain't watching that. <laughs> After about the fourth or fifth church, you finally land somewhere. The guy reads his text. He's preaching my sermon. I've never even met the guy before, but he's preaching my sermon. And before the hour's over with, I've done been to like 10 churches. And guess what I've gotten? Nothing. And, you know, I'm a high-powered evangelist. Hallelujah. And if I struggled, I wonder how my wife made it. She's going to kill me, y'all. It's been nice being with y'all.
No faith. And I've had my faith tried lately. I prayed in earnest. Harder than I've ever prayed for anybody in my life, for people. In August, I had a family call me. You see, I've witnessed many miracles. And I say this humbly. I've seen the blind eyes opened. I've seen deaf ears healed. I've seen people come out of wheelchairs. I had a lady come out of a wheelchair and went to shouting across the front. And the doctors say that's impossible because her muscles were all atrophied and all that, whatever feed you got, you know. She come out of there doing the Arkansas huckabuck. I thought, man, she's going to need that wheelchair again. And every year when I see her, you know what she says? Fine, beautiful lady from Jamaica. Hey, preacher, I don't need that wheelchair no more. She hadn't walked out of that wheelchair in over 12 years. She don't need it no more. Come on, because faith hit her. Cancer, heart disease, diabetes, anorexia. He healed me. I'm in trouble. But what I'm realizing is that's just a small part of faith. Listen, I'm thankful for every miracle. I'm thankful for every outpouring. But according to Hebrews 11, all the things I've been focused on are just a small part of faith. The gift of faith. What is true faith? I've been walking around convinced I'm a man of crazy faith when reality is I haven't even come close to what I've been reading about. There are 229 verses just in the New Testament on faith alone. In August, I was asked by Brother Guy's family to go and pray for him. Brother Guy had been on a vent for 53 days, something like that. I can't remember the exact number of days. And they said, we want you to come pray for him. We feel that if you pray for him, he'll be healed. So I, went, I taught a recovery class on Tuesday, and I drove all night long. When I tell y'all, I, I really didn't even need the truck. I was so fired up. I was, man, I, I couldn't wait to get to the I couldn't even sleep. And I met Sister Guy, and we went into this man of God's room. Here he was. On a vent, he, he, could, he was awake, he could see me, and he could nod his head or shake his head. But here he was, he couldn't move anything else on his body. And I walked in and I FaceTimed another man in the Philippines that him and Brother Guy and myself, we've had great, great services over there. And we began to pray over Brother Guy. And I, I listen, I come to tell you that there was such a presence of God that came into that room. Sister Guy looked at me and said, Nick, I've never felt no peace like this and since he's been in the hospital. We just kept praying. And they let me stay for an hour. I was supposed to leave early, but they said they, they let us stay. And I sang to Brother Guy and I prayed for him. The COVID was gone, but it had left behind pneumonia and wreaked havoc on his lungs. And 
here he was on a vent and he was watching every move that I made and oh, what a great time in the Lord we had. And I left to try to get home in time for church. But there was no way. I'd been up for, for a long time and I had to get some rest. And I stopped and I got a motel. And I was sitting on the edge of my bed. Just about to lay down and my phone rings. And it's Sister Guy. Brother Nick! He just had cardi- went into cardiac arrest. He didn't make it. So much for this man of faith. They were relying on me to have enough faith to make a difference. I prayed for him and he died. Don't you think my faith was tried? I sat there on the edge of my bed, tears running down my faith, face with my faith at the lowest I believe it has ever been. They, I thought, were relying on me How self-centered is that? To have enough faith to make a difference. And guess what? I failed the test. Oh, I travel all over the world. I preach to thousands. But when it come to my test, I failed. You see, I was just looking at faith in a limited, albeit a powerful way, but all I was seeing was the gift of faith. Then at Brother Guy's funeral, I heard Brother Story, man of God, tell how he was preaching and the Lord spoke to him and said, drive and go pray for Brother Guy. He was four or five hours away. Brother Guy was in the COVID ward with no visitors. He calls the family and said, the Lord told me to come pray. Well, you can come pray, but you can't go up to his room. By the time he got there, they decided to let him go into the COVID ward, put all the mask and everything on him, and he walks in to go pray, and as he's going in to pray, there's another man laying beside Brother Guy with COVID, and their family says, Preacher, would you pray for our daddy? Brother Story said, I went in there, and I prayed the house down for Brother Guy, and nothing changed. He said, but I turned around, and I prayed for the guy next to him. Just a quick prayer, God, would you heal his body? And before he could get home, they had let that guy out of the COVID ward. Come on, explain it to me. Then they're singing at Brother Guy's funeral. He's laying in the casket with it open. One of his friends gets up to say something, and Brother Guy's family's sitting right here, backslid. His son's backslid, his grandchildren backslid. And the man of God calls his son out. Listen, I've been to a lot of funerals. I ain't never had nobody call anybody out at a funeral. He straight calls him out, tells him he's going to hell if he don't pray back through. That ain't, that ain't what his daddy wanted. You could have heard a pin drop. I looked at my wife and said, "Woo!" Sister Mangan began to sing. And that man of God that called his son out walked over and laid hands on him. He fell back into into the seat speaking in tongues. The Holy Ghost fell in that place. And 20 plus of Brother Guy's family prayed back through to the Holy Ghost. I don't understand it. 
But what God was teaching me is that when the body dies, faith doesn't die. Come on, just like they seen in Hebrews. True faith is knowing that after I'm gone, come on, it's still gonna live on. So you wanna know what the meaning and purpose of faith is? I did. See, this Bible's not broken up in chapters and verses. It's, it's written continuous in each book. So you get to the last scripture in Hebrews 11 and you go to Hebrews 12.1 and listen to what it says. Wherefore, seeing, boy, I feel the Holy Ghost. Wherefore, seeing, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Come on, listen. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. Come on, according to the word of God, we are surrounded by all these witnesses in Hebrews 11 and the ones that have gone on before us. They're watching us. They're just praying and hoping that we can lay aside everything that's keeping us from running our race. Listen, I can't run his race. I gotta run my race. You can't run my race. You gotta run your race that's set before you and lay aside everything and just keep on trusting and just keep on believing that he's gonna get us through all this fear. He's gonna... He's going to get us through all this doubt. He's going to get us through all this sickness. He's going to carry us through all this death and persecutions because we have this faith and the testimony of those good men and women who have gone on to their reward. Even though they didn't always see their promise here. They knew they were looking for what was going to happen now. So, because I'm an evangelist, and I don't understand it, but people are always asking me, do you have a word for me? Most of the time I go, nope, got nothing. That's what I do. I say, who's your pastor? That's who you should go to to have a word for you. Because the problem is people go to all these men wanting words and it brings in too many voices, bring confusion. Why did every time that God called Samuel, he went into Eli. He didn't go to somebody else. He didn't go outside. He went into Eli because God's voice sounded like his pastor's. You will not get a revelation that doesn't come through your pastor as well. So quit running around asking everybody for a word from God. If you can't get it yourself, humble yourself to the ministry. That's over you. So most of the time I go, nope, got nothing. But I have a word today. 
Come on, I have a word today. God sent me to tell you, Atlanta West, thank you for being in that chapter. You're heroes of faith. Come on, COVID-19's come to your church. Come on, it's come to your family. You haven't quit giving. Come on, you haven't quit being faithful. Come on, I'm looking at people that are heroes of the faith. The doors are open, you're here. Come on, you may not can come once because you're sick, but as soon as you're over it, guess what? You're in the house of God. You're coming whether you have to wear a mask, it doesn't matter. If you can't even sit by your family, you're coming to church. The word that God wants you to hear is thank you. Come on, keep walking in faith. Keep being people of faith because that's what true faith is. And when you can walk in faith and believe that faith is every day, then you have the right to exercise the gift of faith. The problem is we have so many people getting up, speaking the word of faith. They don't live in faith, so nothing happens. But I'm looking at people of faith that God is ready to use in this city unlike it's ever been used before. Come on, there's not room to put everybody that wants to come into this place because of you, because of the heroes of faith that just keep on praying, that just keep on giving, that just keeps on being faithful.